Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Alexander Taylor Show. I'm the one and the only Alexander Taylor himself. Uh, today I have a special guest here with me, uh, Joshua Dial, from, uh, famously known from Tiger King, but um, also does other things. He's a libertarian, and on the show he expressed his uh, activism and, and the community and stuff he wanted to do. Um, I wanted to get him on the show because I also wanted to talk about you know his political activist and also, just in general, you're very outspoken. I feel like you use your platform to do other things besides just, you know, spew hatred or just talk down on everyone. Because not to talk about any of the cast members on the show negatively, but you see, I think it's been a lot of uh, controversy, I guess, since the show aired. So, um, uh, what, what have you always been like that, even before the show, just kind of outspoken and um, into politics? Because you did major in politics too, right? Yeah. Or yeah, political I, science, at least. I, I had a political science uh, uh, upbringing in college. Um, but I started into politics in 2001. Um, I was about 12 years old, and that's when the two towers fell in New York, um, September 11th, mm-hmm. and it changed my life forever. Um, I, you know, remember sitting in sixth grade science, and I was looking up at the TV as it all as the second tower fell, and you know it was crazy. People were, you know, pulling their kids out of school earlier. All my friends were leaving that were had family in the military, mm-hmm. and it was a scary time. And I started watching the news from that day on um, to this very day, every single day. Um, and what I have noticed is over the years, as the, as the years progress, um, we continue to have our liberties stripped away from us piece by piece, um, year by year. And eventually, you know, I got tired of it and I started saying something about it. Um, when I got about 16, 17 years old, that's when I started being really outspoken and I've never shut up since. Okay, so and that's why you took the opportunity with Joe Exotic so quick is because you had that, you obviously knew he was very kind of popular. So is that why you took the opportunity so fast? Because it was like your, um, uh, I guess, gateway to get into politics and stuff? Well, I mean, it's very alluring. Um, mm-hmm. You know, not only am I, you know, offered a job to manage a gubernatorial campaign, but my office is in a zoo. You know, my, yeah. I look outside my office window and there's a black bear and a brown bear um, mating. It's very, very once in a lifetime kind of stuff. Um, so there was definitely other layers on it. Um, another layer would be the fact that he was running as a libertarian. Um, and a lot of folks don't understand libertarianism. Um, you know, they say, well, why do you vote for a third party? Why do you throw away your vote? Why are you helping Trump? You know, I, I am not a Donald Trump fan. Um, absolutely not. I would. Nothing would make me happier than to see him gone. <laughs> yeah. Um, nothing would make me happier. Um, but at the same time, folks got to realize, uh, in order for a third party to maintain their line on the ballot and have their name appear on the ballot in November or in June elections, they have to maintain a certain amount of signatures and they have to maintain a percentage of votes within the population. So if I as a libertarian say, well, you're right, my vote doesn't count, I'm just going to go, my vote's just going to elect Donald Trump, I'm going to give up and um, I'm going to vote Democrat. Yeah. Um, I can sympathize with people like that, but you have to understand it from my point. If I do that, that's one less vote for the Libertarian Party, which means potentially in four years, um, there will be no Libertarian Party of Oklahoma to vote for. Um, so I felt that I had to jump in there, um, if nothing else, to protect these people yeah. um, in the Libertarian Party. And then I just kind of fell in love with them um, because I started as a Democrat. I've been a Democrat all my life. Mm. Um, and you know, I just really fell in love with the Libertarian message. Um, they've really opened my eyes to see that, hey, maybe the private sector can you know, maybe take care of some of this stuff um, that I've been preaching for years that the government needs to take care of. Um, so, you know, there was so many layers of it. 
but protecting the Libertarian Party was definitely part of it. And that's where the, the fuck the feds comes from, correct? I'm assuming is Well, the... fuck the feds comes from <laughs> fuck the feds, period. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah, I get you. I get you. <laughs> you know? uh, was it weird for you, though? Like, Because, I mean, your message, fuck the feds, has been a thing for you probably all your life, I'm assuming. So when you actually start getting involved with Joe Exotic and the zoo and the feds actually got involved, with, did they scare you at any time? Oh, yeah. Or were you just kind of like, Still just like, fuck them. I'm not worried about it. It was horrifying. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I said in the documentary, um, but the, the, the lead agent said to me, point blank, you know, in plain English to me, he said, you're either on team Joe or you're on team government. And if that's not the biggest, you know, veiled threat yeah. that a government agent's ever given to someone, um, then I don't know what is. Um, so hell yeah, it was scary. <laughs> it was scary as shit. Yeah. But fuck the feds <laughs> it's just so funny because everyone talks about how you're so you'll say you said on netflix you even said after the they all did that little thing after this um show aired um you just keep repeating it and i think people are kind of surprised by it but a lot of people i feel like i want to say should have that message but should not be afraid of our own government because um, no. at the end of the day we run the government in, in my opinion um and i think i've heard you say on other interviews as well we obviously our taxes are paying for these uh, political people to even run or do anything. And it's our vote that matters. Our money, everything is tied into the government. So at the end of the day, we kind of run what's right. going on. So right. um, I completely agree with you to fuck the feds. It's just so funny because you're so outspoken about it and you'll say it no matter what. But uh, I was just wondering because, you know, people have the fuck the feds message, but once the feds get involved, it, I could bet it could be scary for yeah. anyone. Um, at any point, did you question if it was, uh, I guess, or even to this now with all the negativity that came from the show and everything, like regret working for the zoo or being involved with all that, or is it just kind of like a life lesson? Well, hindsight always is twenty twenty. Mm. Um, and you know, do I regret being in the office the day that Joe's husband, you know, shot and killed himself in front of me? Yes, I regret that that little portion. But to discount, you know, watching mama tigers give birth to baby tigers. Um, raising my, like baby monkeys, baby lemurs. Mm. Um, I, have, I have cool videos on my phone from raising like little lemurs that just wow. little bitty. Yeah. And, um, you know, raising baby kangaroos. Um, we got to take baby tigers on the road and um, do little road shows, go to county fairs with them. Um, there's all kinds of awesome things that, you know, there were so many cool things that I, I just cannot say that I would not do it. And I think that's the good thing about everyone from the show is like the fact that there was always chaos going on. The fact you all still had the animals, it kind of like, you know, gave you guys a break in a sense. But, you know, it's still chaos. But at the same time, like you said, there's memories that you got with seeing animals being born and just being around them that you'll always have for the rest of your life. So I guess that's the one positive out of it. Um, as far as, though, the the controversy after the show, is there anything that you found a problem with with the, with the show? Because... From my understanding, it wasn't Netflix that came to you guys, correct? It was an um, outside person and then sold it to Netflix, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it was. Uh, so they were filming what what is now Tiger King mm. years years ago. Um, in 2018, they started filming. Okay. And so I was already going to be in this thing one way or the other um, because you know they'd already talked to me, um, and so you know I had that on my mind, um, which is you know I was working at the zoo, and Joe did not like anyone else to take the spotlight. So while they were filming, they only got the really, like, just awful parts of us, only parts that Joe would let them see. Oh, um, okay. And so I really wanted a chance to, you know, you know, get on the record and uh, and tell folks the, the truth because this whole time I worked for Joe, you know, from, from day one to the end, 
I was the guy that always stepped back two or three sp- two or three steps and looked at the whole thing objectively. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I, I think you know probably people think that or that's what people like about me the most. Yeah. But I mean, I would encourage everyone to do that in every situation. Mm-hmm. You know, um, step back, take a deep breath, think about it for a minute. Um, yeah. But. For sure, because like I said, from being on the internet, you know, everyone feels bad for you because they're like, I feel like he has the most sense on the show, and he's very knowledgeable, so it sucks he had to be around these people, but then again, um, you learned a lot, obviously, and it gave you an avenue to get involved in politics and stuff, so um, in saying that, did it ever frustrate you? Because in the show, you said that from get, from the jump, it was a political stunt for Joe, but for you, these are serious issues and stuff you really want to do with your life, so did it ever frustrate you that you knew this political stunt, or did you kind of just look at it as an opportunity for you to get your name out there and just kind of let him do what he does and that that's it no i mean it frustrated me to no end um the fact that he had this ability you know i I was able to get him into debates and forums with the democrat republican and libertarian candidates all together um so we were able to get into some really you know meaningful forums where we Mm -hmm. got delving into some deep issues i'll never forget it we were in one one time we were in uh, the tulsa area and uh, he asked Gary Jones, who was, if you, if folks will remember, he was the, the auditor for Oklahoma and he was running for governor in 2018. And he's an el- older, older guy and just looked up to this old black guy and said, Gary, you ever done meth before? <laughs> and I'm just, you know, that, yeah, that, that's, that that's moment. All I, yeah. You know, hand to the hand to uh, the forehead that was the whole campaign because he's in a sense he's embarrassing the party you you live by and he's embarrassing right. um you in a sense too but at the same time he gave you a platform and helped you out get um a reputable name out right. here too so i guess there's both sides of that um one one thing that i think i've seen and you can tell me if it's true or not you said that he was like donald trump on meth is that yeah correct? Okay. yeah he was like <laughs> donald trump on meth um but you know and we had a lot at stake in 2018 Mm. we had a gubernatorial election but more importantly in my opinion we had state question 788 uh, which did pass on the same election date that joe was defeated in the primaries Um, and it it passed by an overwhelming margin and for those that don't know um, that is the medical marijuana bill that um, you know that that we as oklahomans passed um, and now oklahoma has one of the most liberal um medical marijuana laws in the country yeah for sure Um, so part of me also didn't want to publicly break from joe um start a shit show and um in any way try to hurt that um because for me um the goal was never to get joe elected i always had my sights set on one thing and that was state question 788 um because i believe so much um so much in my heart that marijuana and medical marijuana um, it can be such a such a better medicine uh, for for so many things that that we medicate with. Yeah, right for sure. I'm a medical card holder as well, and and when 78 passed, it was life changing for a lot of people, for me, and just for the whole state. Because um, as everyone knows, we're a very red state, so medical marijuana passing was kind of um, shocking for everyone. Uh, have you always been into cannabis, though. You're like, what, yeah. what made you get into it in the first place? Was it for the medicinal effects, or just like? Yeah, I, I think I started like most people, or mm. what a lot of people will do, will will do, um, which is self medicate. Yeah, um, I had depression and anxiety um, since I was a teenager, um, and I didn't start smoking until I was eighteen, nineteen years old. Oh, okay. Um, so I wasn't one of the the early starters, um, but um, you know, it's been it's been a life changing medicine for me for sure. Yeah. So now that you have your platform, and I'm glad to see that you do preach these things because. 
um, I just I was just going through your page and I see you try to do your best to keep positivity going. Uh, meaning too is like with the Carol Baskin situation, since that situation blew it up and people were speculating she killed her husband and you took the stance of what if she didn't right. and we're just bashing her and we don't even know the truth. And it was kind of interesting because I'm like, it is kind of sad that after the show ends, a lot of people will turn into like these memes and stuff, but these are actual people's lives. Like Joe Exotic is actually in prison. Right. Carol Baskin has to deal with the hate comments of saying she killed her husband. So um, how do you, is it hard for you to see all this stuff or are you kind of just like adjusting to the, the, the fame, I guess I want to say. The, is it hard seeing the negative and... It's not hard seeing it. What's hard is facing it, if that makes mm, sense. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, I, I see it all, and I see it all going in front of me, but to actually put myself in a position to face face the issues, mm-hmm. it's hard. It is. Yeah. It, it is. Because obviously, you know, like I do, this, you don't know these people behind the screens. They just right. have these, you know, accounts, and they're saying all these hateful things. Uh, but what what's some other things that you learn just living living there and being around these people. I mean, because obviously you you worked at Walmart, correct, right, in the MO section, and that's how all this started. Is that right? You just uh, well, met him and yeah, I was a manager at Walmart. Okay, manager. And, uh, okay, yeah. I met him, um, which I'd known him for years. Oh, really? You know, everyone, okay. everyone who's ever lived in Paul's Valley or Winniewood, Oklahoma, uh, knew who he was. You know, he was you know very hard to miss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I always knew who he was and that, that was just the avenue. He was running for president at the time that I was working at Walmart. And that was kind of the avenue that we, we, we first met and he learned of my political beliefs. Oh, okay. Um, okay. And I would always just entertain him. You know, he mm. would come in and say, Oh, well, Obama's turning all the Walmarts into concentration camps. <laughs> We're all going to be in here next month. And I would <laughs> yeah. just, I would just shake my head and agree with him, you <laughs> yeah. know, just let the man talk, um, <laughs> being a good customer service representative. <laughs> yeah, just, and yeah. he took that to mean I agreed with him, and that's what eventually led to me getting chosen to be campaign manager. Now, did you guys ever get in any, um, I guess, arguments and stuff about, or did you? Because I know you said earlier you kind of kept focus on what you wanted, but was there times you kind of said something to him, or you guys got in arguments because you felt like he was making a joke of it, or maybe because. You know, like you just said, obviously his beliefs are different. I mean, is he Republican at the end of the day? Like, is he, do you know all the way? Is he conservative or? At the end of the day, he's a cop lip licking, boot licking, yeah. Trump boot licking <laughs> yeah. Republican. Okay. Is okay. What he is. So did you guys get any, any, have any clash because oh, of that? All ever? the time. Okay we, okay. we clashed all the time. We fought like an old couple. And, <laughs> you know, I, I've, I've said this before and I'll say it again for anyone listening. I was about 10 or 15 years too old for Joe Exotic at the mm-hmm. age of 28 to work to, you know, to be in his life in mm-hmm. a romantic sense. He never approached me. I never approached him. He liked, you know, 16, 17, 18 year old boys. Um, and I was 28. So yeah. uh, we never had that problem. But it was weird. The dynamic that the campaign manager slash candidate role took, it did kind of take a like kind of the position of a relationship. Yeah. Um, there were arguments. There were fights. Um, it got real emotional at times. Um, it, it, it was it was crazy. And you being a knowledgeable guy, was it hard for you just in general being around all the chaos anyways? Yeah. Um, I mean, was there any there certain points, like, for instance, um, you, you gave the story, the, the horrible incident uh, with him shooting himself in the head, stuff like that. Was there other incidents that similar or just equivalent to things that went on that you just couldn't, that didn't sit right with you, I want to say? Yeah, um Really, the only thing that really sticks out to me is, uh, uh, well, a couple things. There was one time when um, a, a group from California was coming, and they were they're paying Joe to rescue 
his group of wolves that he had. Um, and in the process of loading up these wolves, um, the, the vet actually accidentally killed one of them, um, too much trank and it killed it. Um, and Joe being the ultimate money man that he is not wanting to miss out on this money for giving these folks, these wolves bargained with this guy, ended up giving him a full grown lioness in place of a couple of wolves that died. Oh, um, wow. And yeah. I just thought it was so insane that you could just trade in exotic animals like that. Yeah. Oh, sorry, dude. I killed a couple of your fucking wolves here. Take a, take a lion, you know? Mm-hmm. what the fuck <laughs> yeah what, who does yeah, that i get you. you know why is that even allowed yeah i think it should be the more the more pressing question and you know as a libertarian i cannot in good conscience support a federal law um that that's going to you know enforce uh, certain things but we as people you know in our communities we have the ability to elect city council members mayors county commissioners these are all positions that if we do not choose who, who they are, we can run them ourselves. You know, we yeah, run, yeah. run for these offices ourselves and win. Um, you know, it's up to the local municipalities uh, to take care of these issues, I feel. I don't feel that we need more government intervention, um, more agencies, you know, armed to the teeth with guns and, 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 and military-grade equipment like we already have, you know, going on right now mm. why do we need another agency that's that's gonna you know abuse our constitutional rights yeah um so i do feel like it's up to us um you know everyone says how are we going to save the planet save the environment save the planet how do i do it um i don't vote for folks that are gonna you know tax carbon um i simply don't take a plastic bag i take paper instead um maybe i don't use a straw maybe i drink from the cup instead mm. um and in that sense, I'm an everyday environmentalist. We can be everyday patriots. Um, we just have to stand up for what we believe and speak out in our local communities. It starts at the bottom, and then you know, if there's enough people um, that agree with you, then you know, maybe we can talk about it being law. Yeah. Um, but people need to speak out, and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the feds. Don't be afraid of the government. Don't be afraid of the police. Um, we pay their bills. They steal money from our checks. <laughs> yeah, you know, depending on when you get paid every week, every two weeks, every month. They literally. I mean, if I was to come up to you and I never met you and I was taking 10, 20 percent out of your check without your permission, if I was doing it, it would be called theft. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. However, yeah. when the government does it to us, I never gave the government consent to take my money. I never gave the government consent to to to, to tax me. Mm-hmm. Um, so why is it when the government does it, it's not theft? Um, and you know, I've, there's little everyday things that people can take away from this whole situation. Yeah. Um, and I hope people do. Yeah, for sure. And it's interesting bringing those things up because with what's going on right now with all the protests and the rioting, um, it, it really you get the bigger picture of what's going on and the fact that you can drive down the street and there's a protest or riot and you see these big military vehicles and you're like, where the hell did this even come from? You know, I was right. down at the black lives matter protest and I seen these giant military vehicles and I didn't even know they owned them. I'm like, how did like, how much was that? How could they afford that? You know, it's interesting right. too, because you being Oklahoman as well, we know our education system is obviously horrible but our police funding obviously looks fine to me because when you're at the protest, you can see they're well equipped with a lot of stuff. So right. um, it's interesting to bring it up at this point in time. What's going on? Uh, how do, so how do you feel overall what's going on anyways with the um, Black Lives Matters movement? I mean, I'm I totally support the Black Lives but, sorry Black Lives Matter movement. Um, I'm mad as hell. Like 
you know, everyone should be paying attention to what's going on in America right now. Right now, it's Black Lives Matter and Antifa. They're so-called enemy number one, according to our you know Republican president yeah. right now. Um, but who's next? Is it going to be the LGBT community? Mm. Is it going to be, God forbid, the, the gun community? Is it going to be the First Amendment folks? Is it going to be the Fourth Amendment folks? Is it going to be just normal folks? Is it going to be uh, church folks? Is it going to be atheist folks? If we allow this injustice to continue in, in, in its present form, then we are opening the door for that same injustice to be enacted on us. And I think it's incumbent on everyone in America right now to stand up and make their voices heard on this, or you will be next. So, so what do you feel about the rioting then? Because a lot of people are on both sides. They're like, oh, they shouldn't be looting, and they should be peacefully protesting. So there's both sides to it. How do you feel about it? You know, I, as a libertarian, we have one basic you know, kind of phrase that we live by, and it's don't hurt people and don't take their stuff. Okay. So I yeah. have a hard I have a hard time with this writing, mm -hmm. but I totally understand it. And um, sometimes you need to burn the shit down um, <laughs> yeah. in order to build it up uh, correctly. Yeah. Um, you can ask even Native Native Americans going back thousands of years burning mm -hmm. down forests in order to build uh, build up more lush uh, gardens. Um, so you know, I I'm not going to go out and call for anybody to stop rioting um, because. For me, if it was a gay man, if George Floyd was a was a gay man, mm. uh, say a gay atheist libertarian, someone I identified with, yeah. someone who was me, you know, um, if, if if that was me, I'd probably be rioting too. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. Yeah, and that's one thing that throws me off with people is because I'm like, um, obviously the African American community identifies with these people so closely because they're African American as well. Because I think you see the same narrative of, oh, why don't you guys riot when a white cop kills a white person? And my stance is, it's not that that's not wrong. It's still wrong, but we don't. We're not going to feel as if it's closer to home as if it was an African American. So if you feel upset about a um, Caucasian male getting killed by a police officer, you have more of the capability to go ride and protest as well, just as we do. Right. So it's very interesting to, to see the people who identify with the Republican Party, Conservative Party, will will try their hardest no matter what, not stick to, I guess I won't say their morals and their ethics, of just seeing on camera this a gentleman was killed like that, you know. Murdered. Um, murdered, exactly. Murdered. murdered. Yeah. So, uh, and, and what other things are you trying to get into now that um, you do have your platform as far as, I said you talk about LGBT as well, do, are you going to hopes to get into that more as far as, being an advocate and trying to stand front in that. Yeah, I, I, you know, I've always been an advocate for the LGBTQ community. Um, this is Pride Month this month, um, yeah, but with is. everything that has happened, um, with all the murders um, that have come to light, um, I felt like it was uh, appropriate to kind of take a step back um, um, and let 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 the let people's attention focus on on the matter at hand, mm -hmm. um, which is the systematic murder. An assassination of young black men in America by police. Yeah, definitely. And then um, since you do have your platform now and there was a lot of people that watched the show, I'm assuming you get people from all sides of the political spectrum mad at you and stuff. Do you still make sure to stay outspoken and you don't really care? Do you yep. reply to these people or how do you go about it when these 
Republican and conservative people come at you because I know from watching the show, obviously there's a, a lot of Oklahomans that watch it as well, and they probably follow your page and spew hatred. So how do you deal with it? Yeah, um, I've I've been just as outspoken as ever, um, mm-hmm. if not more. That's um, good. Yeah. And the great things about having fans is that you know you can post something and they take care of the douchebags in the comments <laughs> for you. Yeah. Um, so, but no, I mean, I, I absolutely want to use every ounce of spotlight that I have directed towards me um, to, 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 to root out this issue. Um, when Tiger King came out, I had a, you know, instant flooding of uh, friend requests. And I said about half of them were probably pro Trump people. And about half of them were, were pro Bernie people because mm. Bernie, this was still during the primaries. Oh yeah. Um, oh. And um, it's an interesting mix, but I've kept most of the people. Um, they, I think a lot of people think, Oh, just eccentric Josh, you know, he's, Fuck the feds, Josh. He's just being, just <laughs> yeah. being crazy yeah. again. Um, but I am, I'm, I'm getting through to some people. Yeah. Um, and if I can just bring one person's attention to this issue, um, or, or just a handful of people's attention to this issue, then I call it a win. Yeah, for sure. Because I was gonna say, um, you're known, not known, but people do try to the fuck the feds, Josh. And the way you're portrayed on the show is the the beginning. I believe is you're hitting the dad pin. So everyone's kind of like it's funny, but like you're actually behind these things you're saying on the on the on the show, and just in general, you're actually believing these things that you um, like. Just hitting the dap is just a good example. It's just that you're a marijuana activist. You're on there. You're talking about what's going on in general. You're talking about how you feel what's going on in the world on the show. So it's like at the end of the day, you can tell that you know um what's happening around you and like you said earlier you keeping your eyes on the prize of you want to get a platform you want to get avenue to politics and you're going to use it correctly uh so has it has, do you talk to or discuss anything with anyone from the show anymore i mean i know you said you talked to carol baskin i believe um i heard you another interview say that but i mean do you talk to anyone regularly or at all like, yeah um i'm facebook friends with carol baskin i talk to her every once in a while um and for those that may not have heard what i have to say on this i'll say it one more time um this is america we do not um get witch trials um we do not get groups of people whipped up with pitchforks and torches mm-hmm. to go do vigilante justice we don't do that anymore yeah um and to assume that Carol Baskin killed her husband, and you know, you, you can you can have that belief. I tend to have that belief, but but to 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 state it as fact is to stir up a dangerous uh, group of people in America, um, and I'm not going to associate them with any political party, though many will. Um, uh, but extremists, yeah, people who yeah. who will themselves get their guns, go up and kill this woman. My question is, you know, do you want that living on your conscience? I don't. That's why I'm here today speaking about this. Um, it's not popular. It's not bound to make me more popular. I really don't care because at the end of the night, if Carol Baskin's assassinated tonight, I want to be able to go to bed the next night knowing that I did not contribute to this woman being murdered by a, a riot. You know. Wow. I, I wish that everyone else on the show had that, that sense there. I mean, I feel like some people did, but... Obviously, Joe didn't because it kind of blew me away how much he did hate her and how everyone on the show was like, yeah, even behind closed doors, he still talks about her. He still Mm -hmm. does not like her. And almost like he was obsessed with her, but he claimed she was obsessed with him. So it was just constant back and forth between the two. And then now when the show comes out, you have these Carol Baskin fans and you have these Joe Exotic fans and they clash and it's just like a lot of stuff going on. But I've heard you say before that, you believe Joe Exotic should be in prison yes. um, because at the end of the day, he 
is a bad guy, unfortunately. But you say that you know things that happen off the camera as well. He just wasn't a good guy. Yeah. Um. So what? When did you start getting the sense that he really wasn't? Because I know you had interactions at Walmart and such for a few years, but. How long did it take for him to show his true colors to you? How long did it take for you to realize, like, oh, shit, I may, you know, got myself in some trouble with him. But did it take, you know, was it really fast or did it take a minute for him to really show how he really was? No, no. I knew how he was before I even met him. Oh, I knew, okay. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. knew I was getting in some shit with for the, sure. With the mullet and the cowboy yeah. boots. Was, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I knew, I knew I was getting in some crazy shit and I did not know where it was going to take me. But, I mean... You know, I mean, it was offered the dream of a life, you know, opportunity of a lifetime, be yeah. a gubernatorial campaign manager and, you know, work out of a zoo, live in a zoo for, for a year. You know, it was, it was mm -hmm. really cool stuff. So there was some stuff I was able to look over. Um, you know, I was in the office all the time. You know, we, we had an office. There was three of us back there. And that's where I run my campaign from. And I would just look up from the computer and just be like, how is Joe not in jail yet? <laughs> and, oh, Joe's never going to jail. I'm like. Okay, we'll see about that. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can't be, you know, there's only so much, you know, you can do wrong um, right in front of everybody before eventually someone's going to get you. Yeah. You're going to get popped eventually. Exactly. Um, how, now how do you feel about the, the the court ruling? I think, so if you, I'm assuming you know, with the Carol Baskin, she owns the zoo or how does that work? What What, what is it exactly? Yeah, she, I think she's given the the, the, the land of the zoo. Okay, okay. Um, I haven't actually read into it, and I haven't talked to Carol since since the judgment passed. I actually mm -hmm. did talk to her. I just told her, you know, congratulated her. Um, you know, people don't understand where this whole thing come from. This whole thing was a was a simple trademark infringement. This is a copyright infringement fight that turned mm -hmm. into a murder for hire trial. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it went. This guy Joe stole her name. She sued him. He tried for years and years and years to avoid paying her, which he did successfully. He put the zoo in other people's names. He put his vehicles in other people's names. He put his phone, all his, all his debt, all his, all his money coming in, all his money going out was in other people's names. Um, so, you know, I, I don't feel bad for him at all <laughs> that um, eventually they got caught up with him and he did lose his zoo. Um, he stole the lady's name. It's her right to sue. Yeah. The judge granted her a judgment. You've avoided paying her illegally, one might add. Um, and eventually you're going to pay the consequences. So do you believe he was set up? Yeah, because... he was set up. Okay. He okay. was set up. Okay. Absolutely. You know, like I, I've said this from beginning. Joe Exotic does belong in jail. Um, he, he belongs in prison. I, I'm not going to say he deserves a pardon, but I will say he deserves probably some clemency. Um for folks that don't know the difference between a pardon and clemency, a pardon is you're a free man. Clemency is, you know, we're going to take 10 years off your sentence. We think the government was too harsh. Um, I think he probably should have some clemency because, you know, stepping back from this whole thing again, you look at the simple facts. Jeff Lowe and um, James Gerritsen and uh, Adam Al Alan Glover, uh, these were the three guys that, that brought about his murder for higher charges. They all had means, motive, and opportunity to get rid of him. They they had a reason to get rid of him, um, and you know you just look at the facts. Um, yeah. You know, put everything together, step back, take your own preconceived notions out, and just look at the facts as they add up. And you will come to the conclusion if you look at it objectively that he was indeed set up. Um, now he would he have went through with it? Um, yeah, I think he would have, and I think that's why he deserves to be in jail. 
And um, so I guess you're just saying all of them probably should be in jail, correct? Yeah. I mean, they all had a hand in everything, it seems like. Um, and, and it kind of, it's weird to me because to watch the show and, and everything and then see Jeff Lowe still on social media with, with the zoo and everything, mm-hmm. it is kind of odd because I'm like, he had a hand in everything. So I'm just like, how the hell did he not? And even though it seemed like Joe knew so much about Jeff uh, and was saying that Jeff was also doing illegal things, he was you know laundering money as well, doing all this stuff, but no one knows. I'm just like, how in the hell is Joe the only one in jail? How did they were able to get away with this? But I guess it makes sense because, like you just said, they had every reason to try to get rid of them. So if they all work together, then they could successfully do it. Yeah. Uh, you know, all I got to say is if I was Jeff Lowe or, or any of these people, mm. these animal people, <laughs> if I was their lawyer, I would be the Paul Revere of the feds are coming. The feds are coming. <laughs> you know, yeah. get the fuck out of here. Go to Guatemala or whatever the fuck you got to do because uh, they're coming for your asses. And they make no mistake. They are. Yeah, um, for sure. For those folks, they are. They are. <laughs> uh, so, in general, though, I think you spoke about it a little earlier, but I just want to make sure we stay um, or make sure we get that point. So, you, as a libertarian, just in general, how how do you feel about those animals being kept in captive like that? I mean, are you just kind of in the middle on it, or is it just kind of upset you because you got to see behind the scenes of what it was really like? Or how do you feel about it overall, the, the animal trading and the zoos and stuff like that? Yeah, it, it's hard. Um, you know, I myself, I'm not a religious man, but I tend to kind of favor the book of Genesis kind of interpretation of how animals, you know, man was given dominion over all animals. Um, and, you know, we're kind of the top of the food chain and, and they're below us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm okay with that. Um, minus the God stuff, obviously. Um, but, uh, you know, it is hard. It is hard because as a libertarian, we believe don't hurt people, don't take their stuff. The issue comes, uh, comes in is, is a tiger the same thing as a person? Um, many people in my party will say yes, that injuring a, an animal is, is a violation of, of that, of the heart and, um, kind of the, 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 you know, the basic libertarian principle of don't hurt people and don't take their stuff. Um, but I, myself, I really don't know where to fall on this. I really don't other than to encourage folks to, you know, take action at their local level. If you see a cub petting business, a zoo, a petting zoo, a circus, um, something that you don't like, you have the power to stop that. I would not encourage you to go, you know, lobby your federal congr- congressperson to get them banned federally. Uh, I would lobby you to go, you know, encourage you to lobby your uh, city council person, your mayor, um, your county commissioner, um, and get these things banned at a local level. And if there's no home for this kind of thing at, at a local level, um, then it'll disappear altogether. Um, so what, what, so you're atheist, correct? Is that what yeah. it is? Okay. So what, what does that stem from? Did you grow up religious at all or did you grow up without religion? Cause I feel like most people grow up religious and then that makes them where they kind of don't want to have anything to do with religion or vice versa. So yeah, I grew up a Southern Baptist, okay. um, in Oklahoma as, as folks are want to be. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I guess when I was about 12 years old or maybe younger, maybe eight years old, um, my grandmother had come to me and, and, um, and my grandpa, he, on, on my father's side, he's a Pentecostal preacher. So, you know, I was really steeped in this stuff. And I remember as a kid, um, and my grandma come into our bedroom and said, well, when I was a kid, Jesus gave me a pair of socks. I prayed for him. I woke up the next morning and they were just there under the tree. Um, and I just thought to myself as a kid, 
bullshit. You know? Bullshit. <laughs> Didn't pray for no fucking socks and God just dropped them down from the sky. Your mom heard you praying for them. She bought you the socks. She put them, she put them out so you could find them. Um, so from a pretty early age, I had that seed of doubt planted in me by nobody other than people, you know, giving their own testimony. Um, but as the years have gone by, I have kind of felt more um, ingrained in it. You see people like Kenneth Copeland, um, Creflo Dollar, um, uh, Peter Popoff, um, Benny Hinn, who I love watching just for the entertainment value. Benny Hinn's the guy that you know touches people and they just fall oh, fall over. Yeah, I'm familiar. Swe- with sweeps his jacket <laughs> and they just crowds of them fall. Yeah, these folks are embezzling millions and millions of dollars from folks that are sick who believe that if they give their donations to this preacher, their sickness will just go away. They can pray away their illness. They can donate away their cancer. This is dangerous stuff. You're playing with fire. You're playing with people's lives. They they want to they wanna say all the time, we're fighting for people's souls here. Well, I'm trying to fight for their lives here. Wake up, people. You know. Yeah, I feel you because I'm, I'm more, I would say, agnostic. I think um, that would be what it is. I believe something's out there. I just don't know what. Uh, but I've I've kind of been between the two, atheist or agnostic. So I just want to know your idea of it because yeah. I've, you're obviously well educated. So I wanted to know what you thought. Because well, you know. te- and technically, I do classify myself as an agnostic because I have a scientific mind. Mm-hmm. Um, if it can be put into a scientific hypothesis or theory, um, and and you know some kind of experiment can be carried out to prove it, then I you know I can I can hang with that. Um, so, you know, I'm the kind of guy that wants to see proof. So I am an, I'm I'm an agnostic, but I'm an atheist in the fact that, you know, I would believe in ancient aliens before I believe I was willing to believe in, um, you know, a God. Yeah. 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 So, um, another question I had, so since you, you said your office was just there, so you didn't live there. Yeah, I lived there. Oh, you did live Mm -hmm. there. Okay. So did you stay in one of those shitty trailers? Yeah. They weren't that shitty though. When I lived there, Um, I I put on social media a picture of the trailer as it, as it looked when I lived there and people were all surprised. It got, you know, tons of shares. People were shocked, um, because of the way it was shown in the documentary compared to what it looked like when someone actually took care of the place. Um, but you know, I started out, I had my own place, um, in town and you know, is the job was six days a week, 12 to 15 hours a day, you know, not exaggerating. It was that long. Um, and it became very clear, very quickly that, um, it was a waste of money to, you know, spend $800 a month on rent and bills. Um, when I'm spending, you know, three quarters of my wit of, of my life yeah. um, doing this. And, you know, this guy's offering me a free place to live. Um, so I took it, and lost w- everything. And correct me if I'm wrong, he was paying or he was not. Pay- I feel like it wasn't that much, right? From what I remember. Or yeah, was some it? people, some people he paid 150 a week. Some oh, people okay. he paid 300 a week. Um, it just depended. Wow. Okay. Cause I couldn't imagine. Cause one thing you said earlier is that you took care of it. So I guess, um, the people that they, the, the trailers they showed that were like horrible. It's just, I guess the assumption could be made. They just didn't take good care of it and kept it well up, I guess. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. Drunks, I'm, drug addicts. Yeah. You know, and, and how hard was it for you to keep, I know you, you said earlier, you kept your, your goal, your destination of what you wanted to do, but just being around people that were addicts and, and drunks and stuff, was it, how hard was it to keep straight face and make sure to do what you have to do and keep up your morals and your values of what you want to do in your life. Cause you were obviously surrounded by that stuff. Right. Uh, it was hard. I mean, you know, 
I, w- I remember I'd always get in a fight with, all of all people, Alan Glover. Me and him butt heads all the time. Um, and he was a drunk. You know, he, he's a drunk. And uh, I can't stand drinking. I, I don't like alcohol. I don't approve of alcohol. I'm, you know, my dad was an alcoholic. So I just, you know, grown up with a, a healthy disrespect for alcohol. Mm. Um, and uh, we would get in fights all the time, not physical fights. Um, but he would threaten my life. I mean, I would have to carry a knife with me. And, you know, you know, have to carry it in a way that I'd be able to pull it out at any time if I needed it to defend myself or, um, you know, it puts you on guard, stuff like that. Yeah, I was going to say, it seems like everyone's just tense or everyone was waiting for something yes. to happen, whether yes. it was the feds showing up or something unfortunate to happen, which or something a tiger to break out. Yeah, that too. Um, and, and something did happen. So if you can uh, discuss it one more time, I know you probably have a thousand times that day that um, his husband did shoot himself. Um, you, you discussed that it was accidental from your point of view and that it obviously traumatized you. So how was that for, how's that for you now? Were you able to still get any counseling or deal with the PTSD from that? Yeah, it's, it's hard though. Um, you know, I'm, I was able to get some help. Um, but, um, you know, the kind of help I need, like, you know, folks on the internet have really just driven me. You know, I've, I've given them the victory on this, and I've let them just drive me into seclusion. Um, there's so many folks, you know, oh, why do you need this, you know, X amount of money, you know, for, for, for counseling, for, um, for, for what you went through? I was sitting in an office, minding my own business, helping, trying to help the people of Oklahoma for the better, um, helping the Libertarian Party of Oklahoma and of the United States. Feeling in, in, in all honesty, how I felt was I was doing my civil duty. I felt like I was doing my duty to my country. I never signed up for the military. Um, I'm not a fighting kind of guy. I felt the least I could do for my country was to, you know, keep a guy who was potentially going to destroy the country if he ever got elected, <laughs> you know, in check. And that's yeah. what I did. I thought I was doing good. Um, and then, you know, here comes his husband. Joe bought me a brand new gun. Check it out, you know pointed it at me everything you know i said hey don't don't do that and then um you know he said oh don't worry about it cocks the trigger back a couple times says don't you know if ruger won't fire without a clip and then you know he just pulls the trigger you don't get to come back from watching something like that in just a couple counseling sessions Mm. or just a year of counseling or a year of being on meds this is something i have to deal with for the rest of my life whether it's the 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 rage that I have now that I didn't have before, um, the temper I have now that I didn't have before, um, the kind of cold, you know, calculating um, demeanor that I have even now, I did not have before. Um, these are all things that, that were imparted on me by the trauma. Um, and it's something I have to deal with for the rest of my life. Netflix has not, to this day, reached out to me and offered me so much as a single session with Dr. Phil, more or less uh, any kind of help with counseling. Mm. They made millions of dollars in part off of, you know, what was my tragedy, um, something that ruined my life. And to this day, they have not given me a dime. They have not reached out, not to even ask how the hell are you or if you're still alive, more or less, you know, hey, you know, we're a multi-million dollar, billion dollar company. Let's take care of counseling for you for the rest of your life. Um, so I had to go to the internet, um, you know, to go fund me and to regular folks um, to help. And uh, 
you know, anyone that's ever started a GoFundMe um, and put it on the internet might unfortunately know um, people are hateful, people are mean. Um, and they're so mean and hateful, they just drive you to want to close it out and give up. And then that's what's crazy I find is that um, it's like the show provided so much entertainment for millions of people, but they can also in the same breath spew hatred at the people that are on the show and, and at you. And, and I don't see why they would question anything because, I mean, a lot of people that watched that part, couldn't. I couldn't even watch it. I just felt like it was... It was so unexpected. Like you just said, too, for you, obviously, you were working, doing your civil duty, you felt as if, and then out of nowhere that happens. So as everyone's watching the show, we're hearing about Joe, and we're hearing about Carol, and just all this, you know, stuff you can laugh at, kind of silly things, and that happened. It it changed, you know, what the show was. Like, oh, my gosh, like, that is so horrible. And one thing I want to get into, so you said Netflix hasn't reached out to do anything. So how does that make you feel as far as, they made obviously so much money and got so much attention off this show. And you were obviously on there and you obviously didn't reap any uh, financial benefits from it. Correct. Is that right. what I'm understanding? Right. Okay. So they haven't offered no counseling or no anything even no. after, cause you guys did that reunion thing as well. Right. They just reached Not out a, for that. Yeah. And, they gave me a pair of ear pods and called it good. Oh my gosh. I, I, I guess we sh- I guess I shouldn't be surprised since it, you know, these corporate companies do that to people, but it's just, the fact that the show was so big and they draw so much attention and, and at least you on the show, the most sensible, knowledgeable guy, and then they still do that. It's just, I guess it's still blowing my mind. It, it definitely makes me want to go burn the motherfucker down. <laughs> I don't I blame you. I will say it. that. It, I it, don't blame you. I mean, I've got some rage in me uh, towards Netflix. If I ever meet an executive, I'm going to beat the hell out of them. I was going to say, you're, obviously your viewpoint Netflix changed after that, yeah. end, I'm assuming. Yeah, I'm going to beat about you know million dollars worth of ass out of them if they can't you know help me. <laughs> Okay, so um, you guys have a tour, and that, that's when 2021, that's next year, correct? Uh, what's the, how, how did that come about as far as the tour? Yeah, so um, some, uh, some Hollywood folks um, got the idea to put together a speaking tour. Um, it's going to be myself, John Rinke, Saf, and Barbara Jo Spears, um, who worked for Doc Antel. Um, and we're all four going to go on a speaking tour across the country, um, hitting up casinos and other venues. Um, it's going to be called Tiger King Uncaged. Um, so look for us in a city uh, near you, um, hopefully next year. Yes. And so what do you guys plan to do? Just talk about the show and just talk about what you guys are doing now. And you said it was who again? You and who else? I'm sorry. Uh, it's going to be me, uh, John Rinke. Um, he's a gentleman with the with the amputated legs. Okay, okay. Um, Saf, who's uh, the transgender uh, gentleman with uh, missing his arm. Mm-hmm. And then there's uh, Barbara Jo Spears, I believe was her name, um, from uh, Doc Antel's. I haven't got to, we haven't got to meet together in a group yet. Um, but we're going to go on tour. And, it, you know, Barbara, uh, she had a lot of things with Doc Antel. You know, uh, he, he, the way he manipulated her to be kind of his sex slave. Oh, the ex-employee. I know yes. what you're talking about. Sorry. Yeah, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, mentally damaged her. Yeah. Um, Saf lost his arm. I mean, what, you know, obviously that's going to leave some scarring and some mental damage. Mm-hmm. Um, John Rinke lost everything when Joe, Joe went to prison. Cause you know, he kind of had all his cards and, in, in Joe's, you know, playing area. Yeah. Um, if nothing else for the animals. Um, and for that, he lost everything. And then I, of course, lost my sanity. Yeah. Um, so I think the idea is to take us, you know, and, and show folks um, some of the, I don't know, the messier side of Tiger King. Um, I was actually going to ask that you said earlier about the Netflix not giving any money or anything. What happened with his his husband or his ex-husband or husband now? They got new teeth, correct? 
I don't remember. I don't remember the gentleman's name, but he got new teeth. Did Netflix pay for? I thought Netflix paid for that, or was that uh, just a? You know, do I'm, you know about that? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I need dental work too. So hey, Netflix, you know, holler. Um, but yeah, John, uh, I guess is John Finley. John, um, yeah, yeah, got a whole new mouth of teeth. You know, very impressive. But I want to know who the fuck paid for it. I'm because I was like, what the hell? I guess it was, I, unfortunately, it may have been a little publicity stunt by Netflix to kind yeah. of just you know make them yeah. seem. Um, like they were helping people, but it looks like they weren't. No, okay. no, okay, they, they were not helping anybody. Um, this, this documentary was supposed to be a nature documentary, you know, about pr- the preservation of tigers in the wild and in captivity. And okay. they took this documentary, took all of our statements and years and years of footage. And when they sold it to Netflix, Netflix couldn't help but to turn it into what we know today. You know, it's over the top sensationalist documentary. So you didn't even know this was coming out on Netflix? No, not until about a week before it happened, really. You Someone reached out to you from Netflix? Yeah, okay. the direct, like, okay. not from Netflix, no. I, oh, okay. To this day, to this day, I've never met a motherfucker that says they work for Netflix. Never. Not even for the reunion? No. Holy no. shit. No. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh. I'm just like, what the fuck? No, okay. never. Okay. They sent me an email with an iPad and a set of, not the ones that charge wirelessly, mind you. The cheap first-generation <laughs> earpods. Uh-huh. And um, I asked Joe McHale at the end of the interview. I was like, "Hey, can I? This iPad's pretty fucking dope. Can I have it? <laughs> you know, yeah. least you could do." No, sorry, man. Knock on the door. It's a fucking courier they'd sent for the iPad. Less than a minute after we were done filming, was already at my door knocking for the iPad. The only reason I didn't take the earpods is because it was going in people's ears and they couldn't reuse them. You're about to have me saying fuck Netflix too. I mean, I'm oh telling my gosh, you, I'm this is horrible. You. And you um, know, I shouldn't. I should not have. Like, I don't understand why I'm having to fight for like every counseling dollar or every. You know, you know, I I don't understand why they're making me fight for it like this, um, because it's damaging me. Like it, it is. It's it's damaging my mental health. I'm having to go out and seek help for mental health because, like I said before, you have this whole group of people that. Whether they're jealous or just just maybe their name's Karen, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But they hate <laughs> they hate the sight of someone raising money, God forbid, to better themselves. So yeah, I'm being quite honest. If you're on, if you were featured on Tiger King, I think you should be well off in life. You should for life. Yeah, I honestly, should because yeah. they, who knows truly how much money they made uh, from the show. So that's. And all the memes and all the talk about it on social media and the news networks, there's no reason that you should have to fight for any dollar at all in general for yeah. rents, counseling, for anything. Yeah. So that is so horrible. So I think it's going to be fuck the feds and fuck Netflix. I yeah, think this fuck, one might have to be. Well, and, uh, well I won't say that yeah. one. <laughs> You're good. You're good. But, uh-huh. uh, you know, I, I just uh, – if anyone takes anything from this, don't think that just because you show up on TV um, means you're going to be rich. Um, I don't want anyone to go away with some preconceived notion that they're going to be able to show up on TV and make it rich. Um, I live in the same apartment I lived in before. I have the same fiance I had before. I have a cheap $4,000 2013 Hyundai Sonata. Nothing fancy. I'm just a normal guy. Um, you know, who likes to smoke a lot of weed and, you know, stay out of trouble. And then speaking of marijuana, I do want to include that this episode is sponsored by Likewise Cannabis. Um, what's the address? Could you, can you tell me that real fast for you? 
Oh, really? I didn't know that. Okay, because I was looking on Instagram, and there's two. Is there two different accounts? Uh, we got one for our Plaza because the Plaza is a very tight-knit community. Oh. Okay, okay. Shout out to Stillwater Likewise <clears throat> Cannabis. That's my go-to cannabis store. Um, home of the uh, amazing cowboy. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. No, medical marijuana has been great. You know, yeah. it's it's an amazing thing. It's opened up so many avenues. Um, and it's just, you know, it's lucky that we're able to, to, to have this, um, more or less to have great companies like uh, Likewise and a couple others um, come to mind um, that are just really just knocking it out of the park um, yes, and giving yes. a good name to cannabis <clears throat> to the to the general population at large. Definitely. And Corbin seems like a nice guy. We, we've talked over text and, and Brandon kind of bigs you up as well. So he seems like very, he seems like a decent guy. So yeah. I hope he's he's running a well-versed dispensary and he seems like he is. You know, I don't hear anything negative about it, which is great in the medical marijuana. Yeah, well, here. I mean, and if you're wanting to like, you know, if you want to go to a dispensary and just get high, you know, maybe go somewhere else. If you yeah. need if you need medicine, if you have a problem that ails you, whether it's an ache or a pain, anxiety, depression, um, or, you know, things like I suffer with, you know, flashbacks, tremors, uh, you know, I don't know if you've noticed, but I get facial twitches now, um, s- stuff like that. Go into, go into a likewise cannabis dispensary, tell them your, your, what, whatever ails you, and they will come up with a strain or a, a form of cannabis that's going to help you. Um, not just give you something that's, that's cheap or something that's going to uh, get you feeling good. Um, that's what I really like about it. That's important. That's important. I'm mm-hmm. glad you said that because a lot of dispensaries focus on, um, they only know two things, indica sativa, but yeah. when you bring up terpenes, they don't know what the exactly. hell that is. Um, and they're talking about THC percentages, but they don't talk about CBD and talk about other things that are in the plant. So right. um, definitely agree with that. If you're looking for medicine, you're looking for quality dispensary, and from the – I need to go visit it while I'm talking. But since since seeing the pictures, it looks very nice. I like the layout. It's like, like an Apple like store. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking yeah. when I look at the pictures. Uh, visit Likewise Cannabis. Let them know you've seen the show. Let them know that uh, – you support just medical marijuana in general. So, Hey, well, I would say everyone on the show, um, please, please. Um, I'm a very big mental health advocate cause I, I battle with depression as well. So, um, anyone that supports me and just anyone who watches shows listening to this, please try to, cause you do have the GoFundMe still up, correct? Yeah. It's on okay. my Facebook page. Okay. Please go on his Facebook page. Easy to find just Joshua Dow on Facebook. You can find his GoFundMe donate. Um, if you watch the show, that's just in my opinion, if you watch the show, then that's the least you could do since it did provide you that entertainment and also to see that, you know, you were just the campaign manager. You didn't have any dealings with you know the drugs and, and the drinking and, and you were doing your civil duty and it seems like you had a goal and you were trying to accomplish that goal if you were just involved in a bunch of mess. So uh, anyone, please go donate or share it at least. Do what you can because um, counseling, I know you said years of counseling, can't do that much. It's going to be a lot. Obviously it's going to change the rest of your life as it did. So, yeah. um, uh, I do want to say though, thank you so much for coming on the show yeah. and, and sharing your thoughts and ideas about just anything in general. Cause I, to be honest with you, I don't, I didn't really know what a libertarian was and then started looking into, you know, who you are. And I started getting a real idea what a libertarian is. And it, it really is the fuck the feds idea. It's, it's fuck the government. We as people can make the change, I guess. So uh, uh, thank you for using your platform in a positive way. Thank you for coming on the show. And again, anyone, please go on his Facebook, donate, and share the episodes so people get to know an idea of who you are, you know, that too. Uh, but yeah, man, thank you so much again. And I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. We're out.